I'm joined by, uh, on, on Skype, in fact, for the first time, uh, by Holly Hauser, who works for the Puget Sound Bike Share Scheme. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about what that is, Holly? Yeah, so uh, Puget Sound Bike Share, we're actually a nonprofit that was formed by a number of constituents um, in the Seattle area, um, including a number of public sector folks like the city of Seattle, King County, which is our local county, um, Cascade Bicycle Club, which is a large bicycle club, as well as a few private sector folks, REI, um, Microsoft. What's REI, sorry? REI is a Recreational Equipment Incorporated, I think is what it stands for. It's a, it's a large uh, recreational equipment uh, retailer Okay. here in, here in the States. Um, with, with its headquarters here in Seattle. Um, so basically, the, the nonprofit was formed to um, start a bike share system in the, in the Puget Sound area, um, specifically King County, which is the county that Seattle's in. Um, and the county also includes some other kind of larger surrounding cities as well. Um, so the first phase of the system will be focused in Seattle only. Um, and uh, basically, we have a, a board of directors that's made up of a number of, of constituents from all of those parties that have been working to bring this uh, to Seattle. Um, and we're all, all sort of working together to make it happen. So, um, first of all, the kind of bike shares we think of um, from London are these big sort of heavy bikes that get locked up into um, docking stations. Is that the kind of scheme that you're planning or is it going to be different from that? Same thing. Very, yeah. very similar to the Barclays bikes in London. Mm -hmm. um, it's exactly the same, um, except for with some sort of updated equipment, updated solar equipment. Um, but the bikes essentially are the same exact bike. Um, the main difference with ours is ours will have seven speeds instead of three speeds um, right. because a lot of hills here in Seattle. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. And the fact that one of those bikes up a, up a steep hill is quite, like London's fairly flat, so it, it, you know, it's yes. reasonable, but the thought of getting it up some of those Seattle hills is slightly terrifying. It, it is, and I actually, we have one of the uh, Capital Bike Share bikes from D.C. here, um, and I actually, it's a three-speed bike, and I rode it, attempted to ride it up some hills, and it was definitely a challenge, and, you know, and I, I ride, and I'm in pretty decent shape, so, yeah. you know, I think, I don't believe that everybody is going to feel comfortable riding these bikes up and down Seattle's hills, yeah. um, but we have enough sort of north-south straightaways that, um you know, I figure if folks need to go to a neighborhood on the top of the hill, they're going to dock their bike and walk or take a bus and then yeah. pick up their bike share trip once they get to the top of the hill. So what kind of things do you need to start to think about when you're planning something like this? Like when you start, so you can start off in central Seattle, is that right? Yes. So yes. what sort of things are you thinking about, about where you're going to put them, how many you need? What sort of questions do you need to, to decide for a scheme like this? Well, we had a we had a business plan done um, early last year by a company called Alta, Alta Bicycle Share, who is going to be our operator, um, and so they sort of did studies and heat maps and density maps and whatnot to sort of determine um, the the neighborhoods with the densest locations of um, a number of things: existing transit hubs, uh, bicycle infrastructure retail, workplace, residence, um, sort of just the, the major hubs of activity. Um, and so 
Based on that, they chose sort of the neighborhoods where this should start. Their recommendation to us was that um, a successful bike share system really needs to have at least 50 stations and 500 bikes. 50 stations? Yes. So you, it's not a kind of thing that you can introduce gradually. You can't put one or two bikes on the road and one or two stations because it just doesn't work, does it? No, you, you have to create linkages and you have to create this dense network because people have to have somewhere to start from and somewhere to go. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why the 50 stations uh, really make sense. And they're, they're recommended to be located between 1,000 and 1,400 feet away from each other. Sorry, I can't translate that into oh, right. that's, um, meters. Well, I suppose <laughs> that's two to two three blocks. Fifty blocks. Two to three blocks. Two to three blocks. Okay. So two blocks away from each other. So a thousand feet. Well, that's about three hundred meters, isn't it? So um, three hundred to five hundred meters. Yeah. So look, um, if you look at some of the other, the bike share schemes, that seems to be fairly consistent. Actually, if you look at um, uh, at least the ones I've looked at, there's, 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 yes. that, that is fairly um, consistent. And the idea is that if you're riding your bike within the the uh, system area, that if you were to go to a, first of all, that you would you would know that there would be a station close to wherever you're going that you can drop the bike off yeah. or pick it up. Um, second of all, you know if if you go to a station and there aren't any bikes there, or you're on a bike and the docks are full, yeah. to know that you just have to go another two blocks to find another station with a bike is sort of the the goal here. So there's a little bit of building in redundancy to the system as well with that, isn't there? A little bit, yeah, yeah. So, um, again, in the you, you sort of in this planning stages, do you do you have a, like an idea of who a bike sharer is? Are they, are they a particular kind of person? Are they quite diverse, or do you just do you not know who who's going to be using it at this point? Um, there's a there's a huge diversity of users. I mean, I think we can say who we who we hope and who we anticipate the users in Seattle will be, and it it, it changes. It changes a bit from city to city. Um, some cities really sort of focus on their tourist population, and yeah. their bike share ends up getting you know used by that population more than anything else. Um, that's that's not the that's not the ideal. That's not our mission. Our mission is to start this program um, and really make bikes accessible for um, just normal people on an everyday basis making short trips from one location to another um, and to serve as a, you know, sort of a last mile connector between existing transit hubs. So if you take the light rail or you take the bus into the city and it drops you off and you still have, you know, 10 blocks to go to your workplace that you're able to just jump on a bike and, and finish that trip via bike. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a variety. There, there will obviously be tourists who use this. Um, there'll be folks who use it to commute it. Maybe they they live within our, our the system area and they can commute to work that way. Um, you know, there'll be a number of folks, like I said, who take transit in from somewhere else and then use this as sort of the last mile connector. Um, there'll be people who you know just use it kind of on a daily basis to get around. I I think of myself using it. Often I work um, in downtown Seattle, but downtown Seattle is fairly spread out, and so I'll have meetings a couple miles away, and it's you know it's a little too far to walk. Um, Not far enough to, to take the bus. Yeah, and kind of a pain to wait and take the bus. So just being able to hop on a bike and make these short trips is is going to be fantastic for really everybody and anybody.
I thought one of the interesting things at the, at the bicycle urbanism conference is everyone kind of views, um, seem to view bike shows almost like a gateway mode yes. of transport to buying your own bike. But I thought, I thought in a, if you're talking about things like commuting, the sort of mm-hmm. last mile, so you, you, go, you know, cycle to your station from home, get your train, and then cycle the last mile to work, mm-hmm. does it make sense to own your own cycle in that circumstance? And could we even see a shift towards more people using shared bikes, even people that maybe a few years ago would have owned their own bike, but maybe doesn't really fit with the way that they use bikes? Yeah, definitely. And, I, you know, I think a lot of people, too, I get a lot of people saying, like, well, I'm not going to use bike share because I already own a bike. Yeah. And I own a bike, too, but I'll use bike share all the time. You know, bike share is really, it's nice because you don't have to plan your day around riding a bike. You know, you can use it for spontaneous trips, you yeah. know. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, especially in Seattle, where, you know, I don't want to hop on my bike in the morning and ride in because it might rain in the afternoon and I'm not really going to want to ride my bike home. So, you know, bike share just sort of gives you those, those options where you can, you can leave the bike anywhere and you can, you can jump on some other form of transportation. So, you know, but I think a lot of people just don't, haven't really experienced the joys of riding their own bike before. So, you know, people do go out and they purchase their own bike, but I, I don't think that means that they will replace bike share with their own bike. It just means that they sort of want to have that freedom to go other places, you know, and bike share will only be in, you know, certain neighborhoods to start off with and eventually expand. But, you know, you won't always be able to use a bike share bike. So in terms of that expansion, you said you, you're going to go beyond the city of Seattle. And you're going to go to other towns and cities which are close by, is that right? Yeah, the goal, um, I think we have sort of a phase plan. So phase one will be in Seattle. Um, phase sort of 1B and 2 will sort of just expand that system in the Seattle neighborhoods. Um, but then phase three and phase four are, it's less about sort of um, expanding into those outlying areas and more about creating satellite systems in okay. those in those cities. So. Um, we have sort of the next largest city to Seattle, um, which is directly across um, Lake Washington, which is sort of the dividing line, um, is Bellevue. Okay. And that's a, a fairly decent-sized city. We also have um, a couple cities, Redmond and Kirkland. Redmond is where the Microsoft uh, headquarters are. So, you know, Microsoft is looking at launching a satellite system um, on their campus and then having that sort of link to Redmond, the city they're in. So there'll be sort of these like dense networks of stations in these cities, but they won't necessarily spread and connect to each other. Is there a connection between those locations through existing public transport infrastructure or is that something yes. that you, there is? Okay. Yes, yes. There's quite a bit to act, actually, and there's, there's, more, there's more coming. Um, we have the light rail, which we... We're real slow in Seattle in terms of um, in t- terms of transportation, but um, we have this light rail r- line that you know right now um, has sort of its first phase stretch and is eventually going to you know connect over to like Bellevue, like I said. So you know you would potentially be able to take the light rail to Bellevue from Seattle and then jump on a, a bike share bike and get around town there. So um, at, this, at the Bicycle Urbanism Conference, there's lots of people, very evangelical, very enthusiastic about cycling, about bike shares, about privately owned bikes, about cycling infrastructure. Um, from your experience, would you say that's part of a wider move? Is, that, is there a lot of enthusiasm 
in Seattle around the country for those initiatives, or is it still a sort of small hardcore of people that see the value and the and the benefits of of cycling as a sort of widespread mode of transport? You know, it's, it's that's a really interesting question, and it's something that I ask myself a lot because before um, before coming into this role in bike share, you know, I. I'm, I commute by bike and I ride a bike, but I definitely was not sort of ingrained in that, you know, bicycle advocacy and enthusiasm world um, on a daily basis. And so it's hard for me to say, you know, now, of course, now that I'm in it and it's sort of my life and I'm surrounded by it all the time, it seems to me like, you know, things are rapidly changing and, you know, there's sort of more widespread interest in bicycle infrastructure and, you know, increasing bicycling in the city. But it's hard for me to know if that's really true or if it's just that I'm so much more aware of it now. Yeah. Uh, so that's sort of my, my honest answer. I hope that it's the former, that it really is the case that, um, that there's sort of a lot more momentum. We have a mayor in Seattle currently. Unfortunately, it's an election year, so I'm not sure how much longer he'll be with us. But um, he, you know, has been known for being sort of an aggressive bicycle activist um, and for you know encouraging a lot of new bicycle infrastructure and whatnot. Um, and I, I think you know, like I kind of said before, in terms of changing the culture of cycling in Seattle, I think. With something like bike share, we suddenly get bikes in the forefront of people's minds. We get people who, you know, are not, they don't live their life around, you know, bicycle advocacy and, and whatnot. And we get all those people on bikes and get them to realize, you know, just how um, great of a form of transportation this can be, you know. And then, and then those folks start, you know, creating creating this momentum sort of just in the general population rather than in um, those specific circles. So in, in terms of the sort of wider impacts as well, like, um, you know, the, 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 the impacts there in Seattle you've talked about um, and then potentially wider uh, outside Seattle to the neighbouring cities. Um, as, as we said, Seattle seems to be a fairly cycling-friendly city. Maybe not always, does it always, doesn't always have the infrastructure, but there are a lot of people that do cycle. There are other parts of the US where um, where the, 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 the mode share of cyclists is much, much smaller, where it's sort of a fraction of a percent. And, and you talked about, you know, in Seattle there were significant barriers to cycling, like I said, as the weather. Um, we talked in the last episode to uh, Marianne Massad, who's in Atlanta. And in Atlanta, the problem is not the, the rain, it's the, head, the, the blistering heat in the summer that people <laughs> have to, you know, cycle up and down these, these enormous hills. Yeah. In, 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 so there's barriers right across the US, but some cities seem to, seem to have um, sort of taken it up more than others. You know, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, these are kind of the West yeah. Coast cities that, that you seem to associate with it. Do you think the things that you, you've learned from Seattle and that you will learn that maybe other cities can... Can benefit from that maybe lower some of those barriers, or do you think it's just very case by case? Um, you know, I, I do think every city is different, and we've really approached starting bike share in Seattle as you know its own sort of unique thing in terms of you know how we do our community outreach and who we get involved and sort of who you know who these major groups are that we sort of want to like bring into the fold. Um, you know, and, and I think Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, we do have the benefit of being, you know, fairly 
fairly liberal cities, cities that are very focused on, you know, sustainability and um, as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to cities like, you know, cities like Atlanta, um, you know, and I'm not really sure exactly what's going on there, but I think there's some things that we are specifically trying in Seattle that um, we're using to create some momentum and sort of ownership around the system and so I'm kind of thinking I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here um, but I think the way that the business model is structured really affects that um, here in Seattle you know we chose to create a nonprofit rather than having the city um, be sort of the governing body and the owner of the system um, and and part of that was because we did want to expand the system outside of just Seattle, and well, we wanted so. the yeah. ability to do that. Um, but you know, we're we're also looking to fund the system with a combination of public and private dollars. So um, you know that gives us the opportunity to go out and create partnerships with local organizations, local, you know, private sector corporations. Um, and I think sort of creating this sense of ownership of the system with the population of Seattle, um, that's been a really important thing to me. We need the city to feel like this is their system. This is something that they helped create. They helped influence where the stations are. Um, and I think a lot of cities sort of, their the, the their governmental body just suddenly sort of like plunks the system down and, you know, hopes that people will adopt it and use it. And I think we're, we're sort of working a little bit in the opposite direction of, you know, let's get everybody really excited about this and let's get everybody's input and let's get all these different sort of sponsors and partners involved so it, it feels like this citywide thing so that by the time it launches, you know, the enthusiasm is sort of already there um, and people feel like, all right, this, you know, this system that I've been working towards and hoping, you know, hoping for is, is, is finally on the ground and they're excited to use it. So, you know, and, and I, like, I don't know what Atlanta is doing and, and a number of cities have sort of done it different ways, but I think, um, that is going to appeal to the culture in Seattle. Seattle's very sort of anti, um, anti, big corporate money and, and whatnot. And, and so, you know, I don't think the whole city bike model, which is fantastic and I'm sure would work in Seattle, but, um, you know, there may be more sort of backlash to, Oh, why is this bank putting a bike share system, you know, on our public right of way and whatnot. Seattle is very, we're kind of DIY here. Um, and, and I, we're trying to sort of create a bike share system that reflects that. Fantastic. Well, um, when does the, so when does the uh, first stage of the scheme launch? Spring of next year. So probably May. Very soon. <laughs> so satellites, do watch out for that. Um, Holly, thank you very much for joining me. And best of luck with uh, the launch of the scheme next spring. Great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.